Hey, what's up? This is Christopher Stolle of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. The podcast you are listening to is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com. That's s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and information on those shows, as well as information and an ability to contact publicist Steve Joyner for more information. Just go to the website and check out the family, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, enjoy the show. Thank you for listening and welcome to the Life Radio Show, a proud member of the SJ Network and Breaking the Fourth Wall Entertainment. I'm your host, Don Smith. The one and only Steve Joyner is back on the show. Steve is the creator of the SJ Network. He rehashes his near-fatal brush with Wilford Brimley, plus shares an exclusive Uber story. If you enjoy the show, like and follow the Life 1069 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter. Or tune in live on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM, or you can stream the show live at WWSU1069.org. The brutal presence overwhelms me. The brutal presence overwhelms me. This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We are still zooming right along through the, uh, through, through the fun times of COVID, uh, worldwide pandemic. Everybody is just having a blast right now. Everything's shut down still. Uh, stupid people are everywhere. I don't even know what to think anymore. But hey, let's let's uh, let's talk on the live radio show. <laughs> if you if you haven't got anything else to do, some of you might still be furloughed. Just listen to the life; it'll cheer you up. I'm I'm hoping. Anyway, my my guest on special guest is on today, Stephen Joiner, publicist out of out of California. What's happening, Steve? Hey, Don, how you doing? All right, your uh, your phone. I got can tell a you lost it. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, are we good? Testing, yeah, is this yeah. all good? Okay, cool. That's a good intro. I can see why you lost your job at the suicide prevention line, though. <laughs> yep. They uh, Well, I had a perfect record, actually. They just, did. they just didn't see it that way. <laughs> Don Smith, available for children's birthdays for a reason. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm almost as good a clown, clown as, uh, as Gacy was. Oh, there you go. See, that's who could say that. You know, not not many exactly, people. Exactly, exactly. So wasn't he you, from? Wasn't he from? He was from. Wasn't he from Chicago or the Midwest or where? Where was he from? I think so. I think uh, somewhere out. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I am not as up on my serial killers as I should be. I'm not either, and I and I have a theory why people like that stuff. I mean, it's okay to watch unsolved mysteries or a horror movie or you know a documentary about you know something horrific that, that's fine it's history is educational but you know if you like dev- if you develop a whole show towards true crime and you're like so engulfed in it i feel that it's a reflection of the individual's personality so you know like like you you, you do a show for comedy and it's a reflection of you being a comic but i just don't want to hear about you know i, I mean it's cool to see every now and then but it's just it's just a, the dregs of humanity sometimes oh yeah oh yeah you're still talking about my show, right? The dregs of humanity is that one. 
No, 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 no. That would I'm actually about, be a great name for a podcast, really. Yeah, that would. No, I mean, I'm talking about people, but there's a whole market. I'm talking about true crime people. And there's oh, yeah. some people I know who do great true crime shows. You know, um, there's a lot of wonderful people I know who do it. But I think it, it re, every show reflects the person. So yeah. if we were wrestling nerds, we'd be doing a wrestling show or rap guys or whatever. You know, so I'm just saying that. Whenever I met someone in my life and they could tell me, you know, about like Jeffrey Dahmer's grade school teacher, I, I get a little uneasy, you know, because it's like, okay, you know, you're, you're a little too involved. You're taking, you're taking your, your, your fandom and obsession to a whole different level. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. That, that definitely, I mean, even if they just started it out because it was an interesting thing to them or, you know, just an interesting thing to do, once they, when they start to get too far into it, you, you, you have to wonder about their own, their, their own uh, sense, sensibilities and their own uh, yeah, yeah. state. <laughs> like our, 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 someone we knew in Oregon a few months ago, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. Uh, I'm doing all right, man. Hey, this is great to be on your program. I, I, uh, we, California got rocked with a nasty heat wave the last couple months, and uh, a couple months. Holy shit, we tracked the last couple days. It's it's good. We got rocked with a nasty heat wave, and today it's all gloomy and like Armageddon. -y. I tell you, twenty twenty, well, everything, everything's on fire. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We got fires going, but you know, there there are four seasons in, in California. There's earthquake season, riot season pilot season and fire season yeah yeah and that's it yeah that's, no, that's, I mean, that's one of the things i was going to ask you if you're in if if you're endangered from any of these uh, gender reveal parties i no not that i know of not that i know of. i don't know i've been staying indoors i've been like the howard hughes of my neighborhood right now <laughs> but uh, I, I was quarantining before quarantining was popular gone you know, a neighbor comes and saw me go to check the mail. They're like, I told you someone lives there. You know, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. but, um, I'm, I'm, uh, but no, I'm, so today was just kind of, I, I had a couple of really important calls today and I basically blew my voice out from talking on it. I usually don't sound like one of, you know, uh, Mark Simpson's sisters, but today I do, but I, 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 um, Things are going pretty good. A lot of stuff is happening. The, the podcast, yours, and all these shows are just doing phenomenal. The Coast to Coast Power Hour is doing good. I've lost a couple clients. I've picked up a couple clients. I have things. It's just putting it all together. It's just one foot in, in front of the other. And, and, and 2020 is like 2020. I, I, it's like a it's like a Stanley Kubrick film or something. It's it just. Yeah. I'm wondering. I'm wondering how what what's next is the big question what's next like what's going to happen next because whenever it seems like okay you know they're going to open up a restaurant now or you can go get your haircut now oh no we got to close up and it's like you know it's overwhelming and i don't know if anything will be back to normalcy again yeah yeah and well so, one, one of these days the, the survivors will one of these days be able to shake hands in public again and that's hopefully. really <laughs> but yeah it, it's it's a mess i've actually i i, I don't even want to ask what's next anymore because you know it's just i i mean every day they're like and, and and i wish they would quit teasing i wish the government would quit teasing all the americans out there who were hoping for a second stimulus check oh no kidding it's like just cut just, just pay it out or don't 
I'm so tired of this. Oh, there's talks today. Oh, it was mentioned today. It's like, you know, if you're going to do it, great, do it. If not, quit screwing with us, you know? Oh, yeah. Our, our lives and our livelihoods have become politicized uh, to an alarming degree. Just yeah. pretty, well, pretty much yeah. everything is politicized nowadays. Yeah. I'm tired of politics. I'm tired of everything that's going on. So that's why I focused all my attention to working with people like yourself who do a show to give people, you know, an hour or two of laughter and an escapism from all the horrible stuff that's going on. Yep. Yep. That's, that's, that's what we try to do. Now I'm, we're on with you. I, yeah. I want to hear some of your fun celebrity stories that you've had because we, we got, we got to get yeah. off. We got to get off this COVID thing. <laughs> We we gotta get back. All right, Don. I'll I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I guess I should. I will start from the beginning for your audience that doesn't know me or care about me, and either nor you know. <laughs> but I I I'm I grew up in Southern California, and I did acting as a child, and I did a lot of extra work, and and I, the world was smaller back then. If you remember, Don, you know, people knew each other, and things were better to some degrees, but worse to some degree too. Well, I um. I met people. It just happened. And then years, my mother passed away in 2013, and I joined Facebook. I didn't know what the hell Facebook was. I was one of them, believe it or not, Don, I was one of the most technological idiots you ever met about six years ago. I, I carried a flip phone with me six years ago, Don. That's, there's nothing. I, I love my old flip phone. I didn't want to get rid of it. I know, but I didn't. I, I didn't, still have a flip phone. They're, they're cool. They're ago. cool, but sending a text took 100 years, you know. But, yes, uh, yes. So I got, I got on Facebook and I started uh, reconnecting with people that I had met years and years ago. And, um, and then here's how the whole podcasting happened. So a lot, I, I know a lot of older celebrities who, were, who did some iconic films. You've interviewed a lot of these folks. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and um, one, of my, one of my dearest friends is a man named Carl Gottlieb, who you have met. And you had, you had up at your club. And he was a, a, a screenwriter. And he... I wrote a little movie in the seventies called Jaws that I think a few people saw, and um, he, uh, yeah, and um, I had. Here's how the whole podcasting thing happened. I had booked Carl and a man named Joe Alves, who was a production designer on Jaws, at an autograph show, and a Facebook friend of mine in Boston, Massachusetts, reached out to me, and he wanted to interview them for a podcast. I had no clue what the hell a podcast was, at all. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't care about it, anything. And I said, well, I can't give you their number. And I said, I could set it up. So I set up an interview. They did it. And I realized, I'm like, you know what? I met a lot of people. I looked at my, uh, you know, my, my new phone, which was, uh, you know, an Android. I'm moving up in the world, right? <laughs> I look at my phone and there's numbers in there of people that, I'm not name dropping, but people that, you know, people know. And I'm like, you know what? I could probably make something out of this. And so I had reached out to shows over a course of over two and a half years. You and I met. Remember how we met? Yep. And I said, hey, look, I'll send you X, Y, and Z if you interview ABC. And that's what happened. And then another thing I do is I, so I work with up-and-coming people as well as established older folks. But I love the up-and-coming people, you know, the Charlie Marie's, you know, the, the, the Bill Foster's, those cats. Because you never know what they're going to be one day. Oh yeah, and um, and I find podcasting to be the future of, of, of radio. This is the future. We're living in it now, 
because when I was a kid, when you were a child, I could go from San Diego to LA and be listening to a radio station while my parents would be driving, listening to a radio station and, and it would disappear. Nowadays, you know, I could be in Istanbul and hear the life radio show. It's amazing, man. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And that's why, it's uh, a global thing. Now we can be heard all across the world in no time at all. It's very, absolutely. It, it, it's fascinating and sometimes a little frightening. <laughs> I guess, I mean, but but also what it does is and there's so many great podcasts that you and I know and that I know, and it's just it's amazing people. I, um, I like the fact that it gives some, a podcaster, someone who never went to school or anything, a chance to have a voice to be heard by the masses. I dig that. Yeah. I really do. I really enjoy it. It gives them... You know, you just have to go to broadcasting school, and there's a whole everything. But this this is a chance for the little guy to come up. Oh yeah. And I'm not. I'm one of those PR guys. I'll send you a guy like Larry. I'll send a, sh- a guy like Larry to a show that's only got like 19 people. I don't. I don't trip out on numbers. If you live by the numbers, you die by the numbers. Now I know the numbers are very important. I know that they're very crucial. But for any podcasters hearing this show future present or aspiring you're not going to be joe rogan overnight right and and that's just the reality everybody wants a fast track to success and well, that's i think that's i think that's I, why most new podcasts make it to about seven or eight episodes and stop because they they get they get bogged down in what those numbers are looking like and they get frustrated and they think well what's the point of this that's yeah, and you you know, you've been doing this for a while, man. You didn't just fall off the turnip truck. Nope. So I mean that and so yeah, yeah, like anything, it takes time to grow. Yeah. And if you really put your all into it, it, it will it will it will turn. But we live in a, a society where everything is, oh, I need it now, I need to do it now. Part of any success that I have is when I when I when I get a big break, you know, something great happens. I it, it's the hard times that built the character of who I am. You understand? Right. Exactly. Yeah. If everything, there? Everything, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if everything, everything was handed, was, if everything was easy for me, it wouldn't be fun. Right. Right. That. Well. Yeah. And besides, you'd be you'd be spoiled and probably be smug and just yeah, you'd, it'd be a whole different character if if everything's handed to you. That's what it, working in oh, yeah. comedy, working in comedy. I know a lot of young comics, they'll go out and do one or two open mics and they're wondering how they get paid for it. It's like, well, you do this and <laughs> you do this another six or eight months and get funny and then maybe get lucky enough to get booked on something that'll pay you gas money to drive up and do it. You're, it's going to be a while. Absolutely. And it's the same Absolutely. Thing with everything with podcasting, with everything you do. You're, it, it takes a long time to build it. Yep. And, and that's just the way it goes. I mean, there, I wish that I'm not a genie or wizard, man. Sometimes you get people reaching out to me thinking, Oh, you know, I (laughs) got stories of people reaching out to me. They're well-intentioned, but Oh my God, man, (laughs) I had, I had one podcaster. I think I shared with you and, 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 and it was some lady. I don't even know where this lady was from, but she wanted to interview Artie and, um, she told me it would cost me and Artie $50 for her to go on her show. 
I'm like, well, I, I'm all, we don't really, I'm not paying, you know, we're not doing that. I'm sorry. She's all, yeah, but I'm on Spotify. I'm like, yeah, so are 300 other people I know. What exactly. That's, yeah, that's, that's hilarious, actually. Because some people. I told her, I said it should be the other way around is what it should be. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that, I, I, re I remember when you first reached out to me, and it was, uh, I think it was through Facebook Messenger. Uh, just a random message from some guy I didn't know that said, Hey, I'm a publicist out in LA. I'd like to book some uh, guests on your show. I have this guy and this guy. And my first thought was whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's usually it goes. That's how it goes. And then when you get to meet me, it's like, Oh, he's real. Well, yeah, I called you. And I think the first, the first one or two days I was on the phone with Larry Hankin and I was on the phone with uh, Bill Kirkenbauer and, a bunch yeah, of yeah. It's like, okay, this this is legit. <laughs> I, I, it sounds weird what I do. I guess I, I guess it sounds weird. One thing that I pride my now I am going to brag about something. Here's one thing I do pride myself about is that unlike a lot of publicists who are the who live by the attitude of "do for me, not for thee," I actually will take a guy like you and introduce you and put you on a. I mean, you've been guest on shows. Oh yeah. And so it's it's very it's, sometimes it's a thankless job. I don't make a mint doing it, but I love putting things together. And I know that one day when I die, you know that you and whoever else you know someone's gonna be like, oh man, I knew this guy out in California. And he used to send you know it, it, I'm I'm gonna be the topic of, of funny stories one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. We, no, that's usually the general response is like, oh, this guy can't be real. And I'm like, hold on, let me call somebody real quick and. I'll just throw them on the air. It's kind of overwhelming sometimes. Well, yeah, what you do for the other podcasts that you work with is fantastic because you're, you're promoting us at the same time that you're promoting your clients and we're promoting your clients. And it's a, it's a very, a very symbiotic relationship. We all work together and we, we do well together. So that's yeah. def and, definitely and, been and, enjoyable working with you. Oh, absolutely, Don. You're one of my favorite people. I mean, there's just so many of, you know, you and Chris, and the list is endless of people that I've met. And, you know, recently you interviewed uh, Tina and Chewy, two wonderful people who I've met recently, and they're all cool people. I've met some people that you know who have kind of been, eh, you know, a little out there. And, um, you know, I'm not going to badmouth them. I wish them well in all they do. I just want I, I to probably, I probably interviewed them too. <laughs> You probably did, you know, <laughs> and I'm not saying like they never did anything, you know, it was just, you know, it was what it was. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm a firm believer is when, when you got a bill, you got to pay it. When you got a this, you got to take care of your responsibilities. I just, I dealt with people who, who do kind of, you know, whatever, and you just move on. I can't draw on them. Yeah. 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 That's the best way to do it. Cause you got, you got better things to move on to. Mm-hmm. This so, year alone, this year alone, my brother, my last surviving relative, my brother dies in January. You remember, you knew me then, right? Yes. You remember Bob, Bob died? Yeah, we know each other a long time. Yeah. My big brother Bob died in January. I'm still actually dealing with that right now. Um, um, and then, you know, well, coronavirus happens. Yeah. I escaped California and I went to Kansas City, Missouri from late March till the first week of June. Stayed at a friend of mine's house who I had known since I was 18 years old. We were friends with this guy and end up, uh, that, that relationship fell by the wayside. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I remember Look, talking to you about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't really drink. And when you stay at a, in an alcoholic's house, it will grate on your nerves, folks. Just to let you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and it wasn't just him and his wife, man. It was like the Ike and Tina Turner review every night. I swear yeah, to God, it, every night some shenanigans and nonsense. Oh, yeah. And, and it's nothing like being woken up at 2.30 in the morning. You know, I, I had a, a guest room. I was staying there, and I got a knock on the door. One of those cop knocks, you know, that scares the hell out of you. Oh, yeah. And it's my, it was my friend. Is my friend. He's all drunk. Drunk is drunk. Hey, man, did I wake you? I'm like, no, I was just up at 2.30 doing nothing. Yeah, you woke me up. Oh, uh, I'm like, why would he be in here? <laughs> So that's the type of stuff I dealt with right there. Just stupid. And also, I, I I really got on this guy's case because you and I work, and I'm from the old school. If you're a man, and you especially if you have a wife, you got to try to be a man and provide work, man. Right. And and this dude just has his, has his wife doing everything. I don't believe in your partner, man or woman, taking full care of you. That makes you kind of vulnerable. Of, that makes you almost like a, like a, it, it doesn't even the odds. Do you know what right. I'm saying? It's, it's, it's no it longer you, a partnership. You, at that point, you are just using them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he enjoys being used, but the thing is, is like the dude was in the Marines and I'm like, man, you have to ask her for a credit card, a debit card to go out and buy things. That's like living with your mother. Yeah. And I said, when you want to make your own paper and have your own card, I'm telling this to a 44-year-old man. And I said, wouldn't you want to uh, do for yourself? But he had every excuse. His big disease he has is something called laziness. So that was his problem. But I said, man, you know, and, and, and every fight they got into, Don, when she would scream at him, well, I pay for everything around here. I said, there you go. That's why she's able to do that because you're allowing her to do it. So whatever. I mean, it's uh, I, I'm not with them. I'm back home. I'm away from it. Hooray. And I, I met some cool people in Kansas City. I had some, I had some fun there. I met some nice people, and uh, I'm now back home with my little dog Kalua, and, and just uh, every day thinking of new ways to make something happen. There you go. That's awesome. And they're fun. Yeah, and Kalua is adorable. By the way, I've seen pictures. It's adorable little puppy. <laughs> He's adorable, but he is notorious for destroying carpets. Uh, whenever, whenever I eat anything, he's got to have some. He's, he's his 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 cuteness is what saved his life. Let's put it this way. <laughs> real quick, I'll tell you any story you want to hear. But real quick, how's 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 your your co-host? How's Scotty and and, and pretty odd? How, how's everybody doing? Uh, I haven't talked to Scotty for a while. I reach out to him from time to time just to see how he's doing. It's it's probably been a month or so since I've reached out. Which so I I should probably do that soon. Uh, but so far as I know, he's doing good. He's getting back out there on some of the, the, uh, FOA events. That's, uh, families of addiction. He's uh, big into helping, uh, helping with recovery. He's in recovery himself and has, been I was worried about it. Yeah. yeah. I did. Did he ever did, when Silverman real quick with Silverman, I put on your show was Scotty there when Silverman was there. Uh, yes, I did. I did make sure those two were on the same show together and, uh, you know what my main worry was about Scott? Hmm? About Scotty? I, no, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. Oh, I, I made sure those two, uh, that, that I think they, they exchanged information to keep in touch. Because yeah. so, I know oh, good. Scotty wanted wanted to talk to him a lot more 
because of course Scott Silverman's been doing basically what Scotty Mays is is doing. Scott Silverman's been doing for thirty some years now. So, absolutely. Yeah. My main my main worry about Scotty Mays was that I heard that all the gymnasiums were closed. And yeah. he's a gym that, so I'm wondering, like, does he have? Is he adequately hooked up with barbells and weights? I was worried about that. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he's doing okay. I, I've, uh, I, he posted something the other day where you know it was a picture of him with his FOA group, and he's still, still looking as, as buff and Scotty as usual. So I think he's doing all right. He's a good guy. <laughs> he's the type of guy you want with you if you're going to get in a fight. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and Autumn, how's Autumn doing? Uh, I talked to her not too long ago. I'm I'm actually I'm working on a new. It's in pre-production right now. There's a film I'm working on called Red, White, and Black, uh, which is one that I'm uh, co-producing and co-starring in, and I'm trying to bring Autumn into that one. So, she's beautiful inside and out. Oh yeah, I, I, Autumn is awesome. She's she's uh, one one of my favorite people to have on the show. Never spoke to her. Never met her. I. Never really talked to Scotty. I just know that the, 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 the you guys in that studio were matched together, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't. I can't wait to get back in the live studio because it's a the live studio. I've been having fun doing these on Zoom in my house. Yeah. It's nice to be able to do these, you know, in my pajama pants. <laughs> but at the same time. I miss the live studio because that's that was well, like you said, it was magic. That was a magical thing. You can you have moments in the live show that you know just they. It's hard to recreate them. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, I, I still keep this with a live feel somewhat, but it's just it's not the same because I have the option to go back and edit something. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I get it. I'm going to tell you a story. You wanted celebrity stories. I'll tell you one that no one's ever heard. No one's awesome. ever heard the story. There's only two people that know about the story, me and Eddie Deasy. Okay? <laughs> All right. So there's an old comic actor who's a dear, dear friend of mine named Eddie Deason, and he, I manage him. The only, dude I, only guy I ever managed. Actually, no, I digress. Two people. But one, you know, one guy I managed, and, and he was uh, – for those who don't know who he was, he basically he, he was in Greece and war games, and, and he, he played a nerd character, a real bookish guy all the time, and really funny. And he's got a very interesting voice, and that's really him. I never told you about our Uber ride from hell. No one knows about our Uber ride from hell, so I'm gonna share I'm gonna share you the Uber ride from hell story. So Eddie and and Eddie's actually to let you know I I. I I spoke to him briefly, very briefly the other day, and he's still on the road to recovery. Uh, my dear friend had heart surgery uh, back in the beginning of this year, and it, you know, it, it dealt him a serious blow, but he, he's, he's coming back. So last year, around October, almost a year ago, actually, um, me and Eddie were in Burbank. And he went to a voiceover audition. My car was not working at the time. I, I forget what was wrong with it, but I, I, I was without a car. So I told Eddie, Eddie, who, who's never driven a car in his life at all, I told him about the wonderful world of Lyft and Uber. So we order an Uber. And we go there, and he does the audition. And then we Ubered over to uh, Jerry's Deli, wonderful delicatessen in Studio City. If you ever go there, eat there it's amazing it's I, I can't say enough good things about you it's it's our meeting place and that's a place where you'll go in and see john boyd eating you know carson used to go there all the time mm -hmm. so 
we call an Uber to, uh, we're going to go back to his place, and then I was going to Uber back to my place, and I call a day. Well, Uber comes, Middle Eastern driver, and he uh, we get in the car, and we give him the directions. It's about a 20-minute drive. Now, a 20-minute drive in Los Angeles is basically 45 minutes to an hour, okay? And right. so we're in the car, and the guy, you know, we're, we're, we're kibitzing, we're talking to the guy a little bit, and his phone rings, his personal phone rings, and I, I, I think, I think Las Vegas. Yeah, we're talking about Las Vegas for some reason. I don't remember what. Like we were talking about going there, and we're this guy was from Istanbul or someplace, and so you know he's telling us we're just shooting the breeze. It was cool. He gets a phone call, and he, um, I can't believe I'm telling you this story, but what the hell? It's, it's old enough now. This is valid. The phone rings, his personal phone, and he's all. He's talking in, in, in whatever language you see he was speaking. And then he goes in English and he says, that MF or he said, are you kidding? He's there now. Oh, that's it. That's it. And he's screaming and shouting and he hangs up and he pulls the car over and he calls his boys, which is funny because this guy's like 30, right? He's all boys. He's all, I need to make a pit stop. I won't charge your car for this one. I said, We're like a pit stop. He says, yeah, I just need to make a pit stop at home. <laughs> We're like, okay. Um, we're stuck. Why not? Okay. So the guy drives and he's driving to his house. Meanwhile, his phone rings again and he says, is she with him now? And we're like, Oh shit, what is this all about? You know? So we get to this apartment complex and it's in a section of LA and large Arab American population there. And, um, he says, I'll be right back. Now, when we get in the Uber, I don't know how they are in Ohio or other parts of the country. When you get in there, the doors automatically lock. So we're basically stuck in this damn car. Hmm. And I'm sitting there, and the guy gets out, and it's an apartment complex, and he walks very briskly out, you know, and he walks around the corner, and he's gone. So we're sitting there, and we're like, what the hell's going on? And Eddie starts talking about something else. So we start talking about, you know, maybe maybe his wife was sick or something. You know, we're thinking of, like, what, what it could be. It could be something serious. And we hear screaming. And the next thing we know, we hear a woman scream. And then we hear some like, it sounds like a trash can was thrown. Next thing we know, Don, a guy comes running around the corner. His eye is completely busted open. This dude is bleeding like crazy. And he goes to the hood of the car and looks at us. So we look at him just like just stuck in fear, right? And then he runs off. The guy, our driver, comes back down. Five minutes later, he's sweating, he's all disheveled, he gets really upset, and he gets back in the car, and we're like, we're thinking, did he just kill somebody? Like, like no, literally, we're like, what, you know, we're like, what just, what just happened? What, how are we going to get, you know, are we at a car with a murder at this point? Right. So, we, he starts driving, he pulls up the thing, he's, you know, he calms down, and then he's like, do you have any water? Because they provide water, you know, refreshments on the Uber and all that. He's all, no, if you wanted effing water, you should just pick it up before, you know, before I picked you up. His, his mood changed. <laughs> I looked at Eddie like, don't say a word, dude. Whatever's going on, we're just playing this thing off. And then the phone rings again, and it's a restricted number, which usually means the police are calling you. Right. And and he's like, no, 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 it's been taken care of. It's fine. It's fine. And he's like, no, no, I'm not giving you my address. They're like, well, we're, you know, I don't know what was being said. And finally, I I, uh, I I had to ask the guy, I'm like, look, I'm all, are, is everything okay? I mean, are we going to be summoned to court because of you one day? <laughs> and his, his wife was running around on him with his brother. 
That was his brother oh, who he beat the hell out of. And that's what it was. So we got thrown in a domestic violence situation. So he gets us to our destination, and he says, you need another lift. I'm like, no, nah, no, I'm cool, dude. I'm going to stay here. Everything's <laughs> wonderful. Great. He's all, well, listen, you know, if you could write me a five-star review, I'd sure appreciate it. I'm like, oh, we'll write your review. Don't worry about that. And Eddie's all, no, I'm not writing him. Eddie says, I'm not going to write him any review. Do you see what he did? He's, he's a crazy guy. I'm like, yeah, now he knows where you live. I'm right. like, write him a good review and leave him alone. So yeah, that was our Uber ride. <laughs> that was our Uber ride from hell. We 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 had the pleasure of traveling with a a, a wife beater. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> yeah, and 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 a five star review. Apparently, that that's that, oh yeah, I did. I you never yeah, know what we, you're going to get into with some of this crazy stuff. I don't know. I, I've Ubered a couple times when I've been like in Indianapolis and I was going to go have some drinks downtown didn't want to drive but uh yeah i have not uh, i have not ubered much and that's part of the reason right there <laughs> I, I eddie made a good point he said steve he said do you think that they would like do a screening process for uber drivers apparently they don't no i mean and i said i said dude it's like cab drivers you know, it's like cab drivers. I mean, they, they're from all different parts of the world, and they they, 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 they drive us like, you know, people around. They're like, like the cabbies. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, that guy was not so. I'm like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, thank you for saying it. And so that was that was my little Uber ride from hell right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. Well, we're going to take a little break. Uh, oh, excuse me. That's uh, we're, I'm going to take a little break and find out what that was that just happened. But we're going to take a little break. Uh, we'll be right back here shortly with Steve Joyner on the Life Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. So today's uh, today's message. Uh, so um, the uh, the important thing uh, that you need to know is that, like time. Is there's past, present. Say so where we're at. Like right now, where you're you're at right now, I'm. Well, I'm I'm at my present, but you're at a different present because this is a recording. And so, and then there's like the future, which you're the future, and I'm. I'm I'm talking to your future, at my present, which is currently in the in the past. And so, well, the important thing is that, uh, um, you know, uh, that you understand is that all time is always. Uh, like, like you know, past, present, future is uh, is is the same all the time. And the important lesson that we can learn and that you can put in to uh, your life is that well, there's there's really nothing. It's pretty much. I mean, it sounds pretty pretty good. Sounds like it's important, but really, it doesn't doesn't change anything. I mean, it just stuff was what it was. Stuff is what it is, and stuff's gonna be what it's gonna be, and that's that's pretty much it. So, sorry, uh, sorry about wasting your time.
I'm Michael, the host of the semi-monthly podcast, In a City Like Yours. Join me as I chat with interesting people with interesting life stories. You can listen to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can follow us on Twitter at IACLYS Podcast, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at In a City Like Yours Podcast. Please feel free to let me know what you think and keep coming back for the many interesting stories in a city like yours. You can be mean to me, mean as you want to be. Just say anything that you like. You can be nasty and catty and cruel and unusual. Twist my nose with your fingers. Trip me while I carry liquids. But as you pin me down, my arms down on the ground, and your spit drips into my face. Deep in the back of your mind, remember at some point you'll have to fall asleep. And when you fall asleep into your room, I'll creep. Did something move in the dark beneath your bed? And then a voice you hear, it's calling loud and clear. A voice that is your own, a voice that's saying... This catalog I found sells roaches by the pound A package of indelible dye Why would a guy such as I ever buy indelible dye? Blue as the sky, don't ask me why There's things that one can do with Bengay Nair and super glue Don't the thought just give you a thrill? I think the meek shall inherit because they'll stay up late and change the will. And when you fall asleep into your room, I'll creep. Did something move in the dark beneath your bed? And then a voice you hear, it's calling loud and clear. A voice that is your own, a voice that's saying... That's all I've got so far. Thank you. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We are still Zooming right along with Steve Joyner as my guest, uh, publicist out of, out of L.A., uh, with fun, super fun stories about uh, <laughs> psychotic Uber drivers. As who hasn't had one of them from time to time? That wasn't exclusive. No one's ever heard that, Don. You're one. Yeah, of, you are now the fourth person besides me and Eddie and the driver to hear that story. Nice, nice. I didn't even tell my wife that story. You are you are one of the. That's a rare story. I never tell people. Well, I, that, that's I, I feel privileged right there. I feel I feel like I uh, definitely got something rare. So. <laughs> Not every day you get to ride. Not every day you're in an Uber with an iconic old comedian, and you got Al Qaeda driving. Man, that's a, that's a rare thing, right there. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I don't think that happens very often. I wish I could emphasize or take in a picture of the guy when he went to the hood of the car and looked at us. It was horrifying. I mean, this guy's eye, man, it was just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we... get a real good shiner. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Are we ready to hit some fun news stories? Absolutely. 
or hopefully fun anyway. A Georgia sheriff's deputy out delivering civil papers had an unexpected encounter with a goat that climbed into her patrol vehicle and started eating the papers. Uh, the Douglas County Sheriff's Office said the deputy was delivering civil papers and had left the door to her patrol vehicle open because of past incidents where she had to make quick getaways from attacking dogs. Uh, body camera footage shared uh, by the Sheriff's Office shows the deputy getting out of the car and a goat soon jumping inside the open door. The deputy made repeated attempts to get the goat out of the car and at one point ended up knocked to the ground, but she was not injured. The goat chewed up some papers and knocked over a beverage before hopping down out of the car and wandering away. <laughs> Only in Georgia, right? Only in Georgia. That's uh, that there. There was there was a uh, there was a story I read a while back over in the UK where a couple goats hopped up on top of a police car and did did some damage to the paint and kicked the lights out. But this, you know, at least this one, they're just they're eating the papers, so that uh, whoever's whoever's being charged, whoever's getting the citation, they won't be able to because the goat ate. Them. Where was that goat during my troublemaking days? Exactly, exactly. That's what we we all need at some point in our lives. We all need a trained goat to eat the summons. That's what <laughs> that goat that goat's a hero in my eyes, Don. What's that? Yeah, he's he is a hero. He, he, he's a hero. He probably is probably some BS. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but, yeah. but nonetheless, I mean, just I, I feel bad for the officer that had to go home, had to go back to the station and tell their superiors. Oh yeah, here's what happened. Oh yeah. But I'm wondering if this if this sort of thing because this is Georgia, right? So, um, I've always lived in a city, so I've never lived like out, you know, where goats are pets of people. But I'm wondering if this is a normal occurrence. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like. There's certain people. I'm very leery of people who have animals that they shouldn't have. that they shouldn't have. I, right. I think people who own owls and gorillas. I, there's something wrong there, you know. <laughs> but goats, goats are fine. I, I'd like to get one so I don't have to mow the lawn as much. But uh... dude, I would take. Well, my dog Lewis part goat. Really, really. Yeah. <laughs> he eats everything, and you know. So yeah, no. But that well, that's funny though. That tore works. up the cop car. Now you're going to have some conspiracy not thinking that that goat was recruited by, by like, you know, Black Lives Matter or after some group, right? You know, that, yeah, that's a, that is an Antifa goat right there. Antifa goat. Yeah. He's a white goat, but. <laughs> 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 well, it's an ally then. It's an ally. <laughs> He's an ally. He's a white goat helping out the cause, up with people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What else you got, Don? What's that? What oh, let's like? let's see what else we got here. This is uh, okay. This would we won't go with another animal story right away. We'll go with this. Uh, authorities in Italy have have said a French tourist was fined twelve hundred dollars for attempting to smuggle more than four pounds of Sardinia's famous white sand out of the country. Sardinia forest rangers said uh, the tourist was stopped at. Uh, Cagliari Elmas Airport and ordered to pay the fine after a bottle containing 4.4 pounds of sand was found in his possession. The bottle was confiscated and, is confiscated and is now in our operating room where we hold these confiscated items. At the end of the year, we usually have many bottles of sand accumulated. <laughs> I guess this is a big thing for Sardinia's white sand that everybody goes over and tries to steal it. Four pounds, right? Four four point four pounds of sand. Where was he hiding it? 
Uh, the prison rules, uh, I'd say you don't want to ask. Nope, I'd say it was probably just in their bag. They probably bag or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they might not it, even realize. But no, region. The, the law was introduced in 2017 that made it illegal to take sand from Sardinia's beaches with fines ranging from 600 to $3,550, depending on the amount of sand taken and where it was taken from. Man, you know what, though? I'm not going to get down on the government there. I'll tell you why. They had to make that law for a reason. See, the reason why a lot of European countries, actually world countries, hate America is because of our tourists. Oh, yeah. That's why. They go over there and they pull some crazy shenanigans. Now, this is a little bit of extreme because sand is sand, you know? I mean, whatever. Right. But, hey, man. You know, don't don't be don't be stealing sand from them, man. They, they, white sand. You could have gone to Florida and got it for free, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Not not had to not had to travel as far or pay the twelve hundred dollar fine. I'm telling you. you. Well, See, what if they like? accidentally smuggle some out in their crack? Because anytime you go to the beach, you're going to have some sand in your crack. Does that count? Right. Or is it? Or is it? Or is there like a gray area loophole there? Yeah. Well, you it, it'll get in your gray area too. It will get in your gray area. <laughs> <laughs> and any about just about any area that you have uh the sand will get into that's just that's just the way it goes there, there's one i discussed the other day that i that i want to bring back up because it's so much fun if i can find it on here uh here here we go here we go i i discussed this with chewy the other day but it's there's always more to discuss with this one Chewy's hey, a uh, chewy's a national treasure don Oh, yeah, absolutely. A pensioner blew up his kitchen while trying to kill a fly with an electronic bug zapper. Uh, the man, eight <laughs> years old, was trying to reach the buzzing insect. It was one of those little electronic swatters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the man was trying to reach the buzzing insect. He hadn't planned for the fact that the, that gas was leaking into the property. He waved the bug zapper, which looked like a tennis racket and is designed to burn flies the moment there's contact. But instead of swatting the fly, the hot instrument ignited the gas. The kitchen and part of the roof was destroyed, but the man escaped serious injury by diving on the floor. He was treated in the hospital in Le Bourne, uh, following the disaster, which took place in the French village of Parcot-Chenard, uh, northeast of Bordeaux, at around 7.45 p.m. on Friday. An investigating source said, on this occasion, gas was leaking into the man's house. The very hot zapper ignited the gas, causing a sudden explosion. He's not been allowed to return to the house and is instead staying in a local campsite until repairs are carried out. It's not known whether or not the offending sur fly survived the blast. Staying in a campsite. They couldn't get this poor guy a hotel. He's 80 years old. He has to stay in a campsite. He apparently now is going to have his insane fear of flies exploding. And he's going to be, he has to stay at a campsite with all the bugs running around. So I tell you what, if I knew that guy, I would be that jerk to mail him a DVD copy of the Jeff Goldblum movie, The Fly, you know? <laughs> Just really, really plug it in, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's. <laughs> I, I just think there there's so much to that story. We 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 discussed Chewy and I discussed all the different psychological damage that that poor man suffered. And he's ruined. To have a fear of flies for the rest of his days. I'm not a fan of them either. I don't know anybody it is, but my God, man, that flies. You know that that takes danger to a whole new level right there. It, okay. It's one of those things you would hear about. Do you, are you familiar with the Darwin Awards? Do you remember those? Oh yes. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I remember the Darwin Awards, man. You had to die in order to do that. So I mean, he he he, he he's a candidate. He could have been a candidate for the Darwin Awards, but uh, that's that's you know, man versus nature, and nature taking him to town right there. Yeah, uh, I just I, I wonder if the fly started the gas leak just in order to get even with him. It's like a super know. smart fly. What was that? Uh, what was that stupid movie, Mouse Hunt? I never saw it. Oh, okay. It it really wasn't great, but you know, <laughs> it was it was just a stupid movie. So that's what uh, it's ha- it's it's how animals can make inadvertent things happen that cause like severe damage. I'll I'll tell you a very cool story that Carl Gottlieb told me one time about making Jaws too. So. And the, when when Universal ordered a, a sequel for Jaws, you know they, they 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 had brought him on. Originally, they brought on a different director. It's a whole lengthy story, but uh, it was always the shark, right? The shark kills and the shark eats and all that. They wanted to incorporate a way to make the shark being able to kill people without actually killing people. If that makes sense. So that famous scene in Jaws two when the when the sailboaters think they're going to be rescued by the helicopter. Do you remember the helicopter scene? Uh, it's been a while since I've seen. Okay, well, there's a scene in Jaws too where the where the after the boaters get attacked, a helicopter, a coast guard sees him, and they, the helicopter lands and you know and throws them a rope and looks like hey you know they're they're going to be saved, which you know is going to happen, right. and the shark comes and bites the skid of the helicopter and takes the thing down. As the as the copter is being taken down, it's on YouTube. Just look up Jaws two helicopter scene. The 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 rotor blades start getting knocked off. And they start flying through the air and cutting the sails and almost killing people. That was a good example to show how, you know, the shark, an animal, inadvertently could kill you without killing you, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it made it wonder, is the shark that intelligent saying, hey, if I, if I take down this thing? Now, here's where Carl came up with that. Carl was in the movie MASH, the Robert Altman film. But right. years Prior years prior to him getting involved in showbiz, Carl's in, in the army, and he had seen a helicopter accident. People survived, but the rotor blades got knocked off, and they were ripped in tents and all that. And he never got that visual out of his head. He said, "Somewhere, somehow, I'm going to incorporate that in the movie." That's that's how that all came to be. It was a real life experience. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, but, it, uh, it, it's been a long time since I've seen any of the Jaws sequels. It hasn't been, but maybe a year or two since I watched the original because it's a masterpiece. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't watched the uh, I haven't watched the sequels for a while. I'm going to have to dig those out. Well, you interviewed Joe Alves, right? Did I ever send you Joe? Uh, we we are you still in talks or what happened? Uh, there I can't remember exactly why we we weren't able to get him on. I haven't gotten back with him, but I definitely okay, will. Okay, well he he wants to do some in October. He's taking this month off from shows, but he wants to do something in October because Halloween and all that. He directed Jaws three, and his original concept for Jaws three, which is a movie that gets that gets shot on a lot, but it's actually a really good film. You know, you got to realize the three D stuff that was going on at the time. Right. But Joe is a fascinating individual. I um I get asked a lot about who my favorite people were who I've ever worked with and met. That's a loaded question. I can't tell you that because I don't know. I mean, I know, but I mean, one of my favorite people that I know in the celebrity world has got to be Scott Schwartz. I love Scotty. Mm-hmm. You, you've had Scotty on the program, right? 
Uh, nope, have not had Scotty yet. Still need oh. to get him on. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Scotty Schwartz is a mensch. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. And 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 uh, but so I can't really say. Well, he was my favorite. He, she was my favorite because I can't. I can tell you my list of people I do not like who I had really horrible experiences with. You know my Wilford Brimley story, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think we talked about that the last time you were on the show. I think you told the Wilford Brimley story. Okay, for, so for the there's probably like only two people that heard the last interview because I'm not really an exciting interview. But I will share with, with your audience the Wilford Brimley story. God rest Wilford Brimley. I hope you had a successful journey to heaven. And uh, Wilford Brimley. So, oddly enough, he wasn't as old as people thought he was. When he did the movie Cocoon, he was only 49 years old. They made him look older. Because when he died, Don, my first question was, wait a minute. He was an old man when I was a kid. Like, like did he, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder right. how old the dude was. So... Wilford Brimley almost challenged me and Eddie to a fight one time. <laughs> and uh, for those who don't know, we, we were in an autograph show in Los Angeles. I won't say the one, but it's a, it's a great show. And we were sitting across from Mackenzie Phillips and um, uh, Chuck Negron of Three Dog Night. And we're sitting next to Nancy Allen, beautiful woman. Oh, my God, Nancy Allen still looks absolutely amazing. And Tim Matheson, one of the nicest guys you ever meet. Mm -hmm. And it was for a movie called 1941. It was a reunion table. It was a Spielberg comedy. And next to Mackenzie Phillips down the row is another group of tables. And there is Stephanie Powers and Wilford Brimley. Eddie, whose voice protrudes and goes, you know, it projects, goes louder. So Steve, he's all, is that the woman from The Man from Uncle? And heart to heart, is that, is that I'm like, yeah, it's Stephanie Powers. And he says, oh, man. He said, time wasn't good on her. <laughs> oh, she looks she doesn't know like like she basically saying she looks old and creepy right know? now he didn't mean eddie's a sweet guy but sometimes he has foot and mouth disease like like i do and other folks do and wilford brimley leans his chair back and looks at us and gives us this like die look and i'm like dude he hurt you he's like no 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 he's like you know 100 years old there's no way i'm like no he hurt you and so about 10 minutes go by and Brimley comes walking up to us. Now, the guy in the shorts with the Tommy Bahama shirt, that that's all, that's him. He's wearing this, the glasses that are tinted, and he had the shorts on, and it's it's everybody's favorite grandpa coming up to us. Stan, walks right up to our table. We're sitting there, and he says, I, I, I couldn't overhear what you gentlemen had to say. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, I didn't say anything. It was, you know, and, and, and he's all, oh, hi, how are you doing? He's all, you might want to rethink your position. And we're like, the hell is he talking about here and then he starts talking about being in the navy and stuff and we're like what wilford's going gangster on us and he was basically telling us you know i mean i don't want to get into detail but he's basically telling us how rude we were and all that and mackenzie phillips is dying laughing at this point nancy allen tim matheson want none of it they're ignoring the shit out of us and and negron just sitting there he's seen it all so this is nothing new to him and he walks away and I look at Eddie, I'm like, dude, was he just like, did he, what happened there? He's like, I don't know. We were like, we were like terrified and, 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 and excited at the same time. So Ed Burns, who sadly, we've lost a lot of good people. Ed Burns, who died not too long ago, he was in Greece. He was the dance, the guy, you know, at 77 Sunset Strip. Everybody knows who Ed Burns is. Ed Burns was in Greece with Eddie. Ed, Ed, Ed Burns over there. I'm like, hey, let's go say hi to Ed Burns. Like, yeah, good idea. We start to get up, Don. And next thing we know, we see Brimley walking over to Burns to talk to him. We're like, hey, maybe we should wait a while. Because we wanted nothing to do with Brimley at that point. Here's the thing. 
everybody, you know, if you're you and I, you know, men will challenge men and we get into fights. I've lost more fights than I've won, you know, and I have more guts and brains half the time. You can't fight a senior citizen. But no. when it's, so here's the catch 22 we're put into right here. If we were to had an argument with Wolford Brimley, we're going to look like complete jerks, man. No matter what happens, we're, we're telling off, this is the voice of Quaker Oats and Diabetes. I mean, we're telling off Kirby's here, Grandpa. But if, let's say, he did hit us, we can't hit him. It's like it's like a, a woman. We can't hit him back because then we're known as the jerks who you know beat up Wolford Brimley. But if he kicks our ass, we're known as the schmucks that got beat up. It was a horrible experience. And when he died, I felt so bad because I never got to make amends to him. Yeah. You know? I never, and for something I didn't even say. And I don't think Eddie meant any role because we did go talk to Stephanie Powers later in the day, you know, after Wilford was gone. But we were avoiding him like the plague, man. I mean, we, we wanted none of them, you know, but. God bless that man, though. I guess, I guess, you know, he was he was defending a, a woman's honor, and that's very admirable. I just, it was just one of the weirdest encounters I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be a, a little bit unusual. <laughs> oh, forget any celebrity or movie garbage. Just imagine, Don, you're you're at work one day, and or you're at a bar, or wherever, and an eighty year old man comes up and wants to scrap. What do you do? I, yeah, that's 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 a tough situation. I guess wait and see if he takes a swing. <laughs> yeah, but then you I think hope okay, I move you, a little bit quicker. <laughs> well, yeah, we're like, do we take it on the chin? Do we ignore it? No, we thought like all scenarios. We, we uh-huh. Eddie and I had a deep discussion about this. Like, well, we could have, you know. And I told him, I'm like, maybe you should apologize for what you said. He's like, well, you know, I, it wasn't that big of a deal. Plus, it wasn't right. Eddie was like, not ready to apologize. He said. I was making a statement about how Stephanie Powers looks older. That's all it was. Yeah, so. But that was probably one of the worst encounters I ever had. I had a really horrible encounter with um, David Soul from Starsky and Hutch. Remember that show? Yeah. Yeah, David Soul and I got in a little argument one time. But he's still alive. He could probably track me down, so I'm not going to say sorry. <laughs> yeah, we can only tell about the ones that aren't, aren't around anymore. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the only the only one if you the only weird thing and I was not there for this so I cannot really go into detail about it but remember our good friend Pat Jankowitz Pat Jankowitz saw Gary Busey try to beat up Jonathan Leonard for a time over a spot at an autograph show. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, Gary Busey is a wild man, dude. You ever had the pleasure of meeting him, which I have not, thank God. Busey's group. Busey, we had that motorcycle accident, so I think that kind of contributed to who he is today. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he was a little bit crazy before that. And, yeah, that's, uh, I think, after after that, it's like, yeah, that, something leaked out when he split that head open. <laughs> anyway, it's been great. It's Probably been great the- you, it's been great having you back on the show, Steve. We're going to have to wrap it up. But if you have uh, – any social media you want to throw out there? Any way for people to get in touch with you if they need representation? Uh, take it away. Yeah, yeah. I do. I have. Thank you, Don. This was fun being on the program. Really, it really pick, you picked up today, Don. You made me feel awesome. Better. Awesome. Um, yeah, I have the SJ Network page. It's a, it's a, a Facebook page. I'm Steve L. Joiner on Facebook. My Instagram is my name, but like I, I don't know. I don't have that many followers. I'm not on Twitter. Thank you, Trump. 
Um, and <laughs> I am available. And I promise you that if you, if I do business with you, I will treat you good, and I will do the best I can. I will not exceed unrealistic expectations. Uh, you will not be, you know, in a position to where you will have to fight a senior citizen or take an Uber or Uber ride from hell. <laughs> These are rare exceptions, folks. And no. But no, hey, for real, like if you're a podcaster or if you're primarily for the entertainment field and you want to get exposure and be on shows like Don Smith's here, let me know. I'm available. All right. Well, thanks again for being on, Steve. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate every, everything you do for all of us podcasters. Uh, it's, 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 been, it's been great working with you, and I hope to continue to work with you for some time. You too, Don. Thank you. All right. And thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show. Like I keep telling you guys, if you're going to keep listening, I'm just going to keep putting them out there. All right. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show podcast. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, if you want to listen live, we are on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM. You can also stream the show live at WWSU1069.org, and we go Facebook Live at the Life Radio Show's Facebook page. If you have suggestions or comments, feel free to email thelife1069 at gmail.com. Overwhelms me. A brutal presence. Overwhelms me. Yeah, and a five-star review, apparently.